0: Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by Agility Bed. And before you roll your eyes at the mention of another online mail order mattress, believe me, we almost did that too. Stay tuned for why this one gave us pause. You can also get $150 off any Agility Bed with the code YHL150 at agilitybed.com. I'm John. And I'm Sherry.
1: We like home stuff.
0: We like talking.
1: And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home.
0: Today we're sharing an easy way to know it's finally time to move, including that time we kind of screwed it up. Plus, our white kitchen's over, and we'll tell you when our beach house will finally be ready to rent.
1: You guys will have to forgive me if I'm a little bit out of breath at the start of this episode. I literally just got in from my run like 10 minutes ago. Because as you guys know, it is Runuary slash Joguary.
0: Nope. We figured it out. Yeah.
1: You guys ready for it? It's Ranuary. It's
0: Ranuary. Suggested by a wonderful person on Instagram. And we all were like, why didn't we think of this?
1: Just changing one letter.
0: And it rhymes with January in a much more intuitive way. Yep.
1: So I wish I had the person's name in front of me to credit them properly, but... Whomever you are.
0: You're a brilliant mind. Yes,
1: thank you. So I have so far been very good, despite the cold temperatures, of keeping up my resolution to run at least a mile every day.
0: What's the coldest you ran in so far?
1: I think only 21 degrees because I've been running at the peak temperature of the day. Even though it's been so cold, I have gotten outside. I've run in the snow four times
0: taking so. funny pictures for me as he goes there's a lot of like cold selfies coming yeah. in
1: <laughs> today it was 45 i rolled my sleeves up took my gloves off
0: i made that like cheesy mom joke of like don't overheat out there
1: and i almost did,
0: <laughs> you did? well john was like i don't even know what to wear because yeah. i've been dressing for the like, cold i
1: had my outfit all planned and now it's ruined by the temperature <laughs> but anyways i know you guys are not tuning in to hear all my exercise updates um <laughs> We actually wanted to first answer a question that we get a bunch lately, which is, when can I reserve a stay at your beach house?
0: It's a two-parter. The first one is, this is too nice. Are you really going to rent it out? Like, aren't you worried that someone is going to ruin it?
1: First of all, thank you for thinking it's too nice.
0: (laughs) It's very sweet. And the the second parter is always like, but I'm not going to be the one to ruin it. So when can I rent it? Like, when when can I book?
1: When will you let me come stay?
0: (laughs) And so... Sort of our response to that is a three pronged answer. Well, maybe four prongs.
1: That was a lot of prongs.
0: John's parents have a beach rental. So the good news is we're extremely well versed in how a rental gets used and what goes into maintaining it because as long as John and I have been married, right? 10 years they've had that. Yeah. um, Yeah. They've had a beach house. So it's not even like a monthly rental in a suburb, it is a weekly rental beach house or weekend rental beach house. So we've seen how they've dealt with that. We've seen people do some damage and we've seen John's parents figure out how to deal with it. And I think the one thing that his parents very wisely imparted on us was just like, Rent to people you think will respect it and get a deposit. (laughs) And so, I guess we hope that this is prong number two, I guess. Okay, I'm
1: I'm losing track of the prongs already. The first prong
0: was we have experience with the beach rental through your family and seeing how they deal with things. And we have like a mentor built into our family, basically. Okay, got it. Prong two is if we are marketing this as like a pretty place to stay, and it's not going to be dirt cheap because it's nice. So, like, we hope that people who want to pay for a beautiful rental versus a cheap rental that's a beater would appreciate and care for something lovely versus wrecking it. Yeah. Hopefully. What,
1: what Sherry's trying to say is we got some advice from a friend who rented her place out in Denver. Uh, it was just her apartment. And when she was traveling for work, she would Airbnb it. And she learned that actually raising the price on it, they took better care of her place than the people who were renting it because they were looking for the cheapest place available.
0: Right. She said, don't gouge anyone and be crazy. But oh, was, I'm going to gouge. <laughs> she was just saying, like, don't market it as the lowest, cheapest thing. So I think in the end, ours will not be the most expensive rental in Cape Charles. It will not be the cheapest in Cape Charles.
1: It's not a Motel 6. But it's, not, it's not a Ritz. How about it's not that?
0: the Ritz either. Right. Exactly. And then the second part to that was like the deposit.
1: Wait, what prong are we on?
0: Same prong. <laughs> is,
1: this, is this a two pronged prong?
0: This prong was about people respecting it and the deposit. I think part of people respecting something is you take their money and you don't give it back if they ruin it, right? That's how deposits work. So if someone were to come in and spill nail polish all over the floor, and I had to hire someone to fix the floor, then they wouldn't get their deposit back. And that has actually happened to John's family. There was a nail polish incident. And his dad said to us, that's the whole point of having a deposit is that most weeks you earn money. You make money. People come in, they pay you to stay at a place, nothing catastrophic happens and you make money, but there are some weeks when something terrible happens and you might break even or even lose money, but the deposit is a nice safety net.
1: And I guess on to prong three.
0: Yes, you're following along. The prongs are working flawlessly. Prong three is that we have rehabbed this house from an extremely neglected state. And so it would take a lot for this house to get so far gone like it was before. And even if something happened and it was, we have confidence because we've done it already. Like right. We've brought it back from the brink.
1: I think that's the more important point here is that we have repaired this house once. And so it seems less scary to have to repair parts of it again. If there is a hole in the drywall that needs patching, we've already patched like four holes, like big whoop, you know?
0: Yeah, we're hoping. I mean, I know there's going to be something annoying. Maybe a tile gets cracked. That's not the easiest to repair. Maybe a countertop, something happens to, uh, it cracks our quartz or something.
1: Certainly something much worse or more catastrophic could happen. But I think most things will hopefully be pretty straightforward to deal with.
0: Right. It's like we have perspective from doing all this big stuff that when something annoying happens, my first thought, no joke, will be like, at least it's not losing the water meter for a month and trying to find it and being told it might be $15,000 to fix it. Like, nothing can rival the craziness of the beginning of this renovation. So I guess I've got this confidence and this perspective from the big project to know that from here on out, it will hopefully just be little little speed bumps and not like giant craters in the road.
1: And I think that also leads to what I'm assuming is Prong number four, Sherry did not review the prongs with me beforehand, (laughs) as you can tell. I'm assuming prong four is that we didn't really fill it with things that were super precious in the first place.
0: Exactly. So there's a lot of Ikea, there's Target. And I know like, yes, the Target blanket, if it gets ruined, they might not still sell that same Target blanket. But I have confidence that I was able to walk into stores like Ikea and Target and Home Goods and find things I liked. So I wouldn't clone rooms again. I would just find another blanket that I like or another cushion that I like.
1: I think even though we put a lot of thought and care and yes, money into these things in the house, I mean, they're not super expensive, but they did cost money. We didn't put anything in there that's one of a kind or super sentimental and so precious that if we had to go replace it with something else, it would be impossible or too devastating to do.
0: Right. I mean, there are some really cool pieces that we've found thrifting, but by nature, they're secondhand. Like to me, they've they've lived on through many things. There's a beautiful marble top table in the entryway that's secondhand. When we bought it, the woman said, I had cracked the top and I had to get a new top made. So immediately my mind goes to, oh, if the top ever gets cracked we would keep someone's deposit and we would replace the cracked top. So I know I'm definitely oversimplifying this. I know I am because we know people who have a beach rental and we know that not everyone is as gentle with your things. We know that things get broken, but we do have what I'm hoping is a healthy perspective that it will not always look the way it looks now. It will evolve as things break and get replaced. But in general, what we can only hope for is that by attracting people who appreciate the design aesthetic, they will take good care of the house and most weeks will be profitable. So that if some weeks are not, it's okay.
1: Right. And as for the other part of the question as to when will this actually be available to rent, I know a lot of people are asking because... It's looking much more and more finished every week, like it's almost ready to welcome guests. But I think the truth is we still have a lot of things to do before we're comfortable, you know, saying welcome public.
0: Right, exactly. We have a lot of building stuff we have to do. We still have to paint the pantry. We want to build the mudroom out because we want a mudroom section. And we also have to hide some sort of un. Beautiful. Yeah, the water
1: heater. The water heater, <laughs> the water and stuff. heater is yeah. the
0: opposite of pretty, and we need to build something to sort of keep that out of view. We want to build the bunk beds. Yes, build the bunk beds upstairs.
1: Backsplash in the kitchen.
0: And a lot of outside stuff. Yeah. Right now we're entering through the front door because it's the only door with like a path to it. Right. But the door that makes the most sense for people to enter in and out of is the mudroom, where we want people to hang their coats and put their shoes and drop sandy things on the tiled floor.
1: Or use the shower before they go into the rest of the house. So. Exactly.
0: And the reason that we're entering through the front is the side yard is basically a mud pit. Right. It's where we cut wood. It's where they had to dig to find the water line. So we need to landscape that, make a path so people can walk to that door without getting muddy. They're needs to be a fence there because all of our neighbors have a fence. We're the only ones without one. We think it will not only look good, but it will give people who rent privacy. We want to redo the shed, which is falling down so people have a place to put their bikes. The backyard, we need the outdoor shower to be completed. Yep. We want to put a table out there so people My can Gosh, dine. you're starting to
1: overwhelm me, Sherry. We need the
0: landscape, <laughs> the front, the side, and the back. Like, there is lots of stuff still on the list. Yeah. So to be realistic, even though I'm always the one who's like, it'll be ready in a week, it will probably be rented to friends and family this summer after we complete all that stuff. But we're probably going to work out the kinks with them and not open it until the next rental season, so like twenty nineteen.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was that like, Is that sounds 2019? so far away. It does, but I just think you know we want to make sure that when any of you come stay, that we've got it up and running. You know, mostly fully complete and fully stocked. And I think it's just going to take us time to get there. And, you know, we want to have a summer for ourselves also to figure out, you know, how often are we going to use it? So how many weeks do we want to make available for renting? How often are our friends and family going to use it? especially this summer, we're probably going to need it as a place to stay while we're fixing up the duplex. So I'd hate to rent it all out to other people and then not have a place for ourselves while we're doing work there.
0: Exactly. I think this summer will be a lot of us staying there because we're we'll be working on the duplex and the duplex will go beyond the summer. So we might even be staying there in the fall. And so I don't want to say like, we'll use it this summer for friends and family and start renting it in the fall because I worry that we'll need it in the fall for the duplex.
1: I'm sorry for everyone who's asking because they're trying to make their like spring break or summer plans and are hoping we're going to say, oh yeah, here here's the listing. But
0: but. you're welcome because it wouldn't be nice right now. Like we show the best parts of it as we work on them and I don't show you like how muddy our shoes get working in the side yard cutting wood. We'd get like a straight up two star rating right now if we opened it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that music means I've got a game for Sherry. I like to call the section "What's Not" because I'm going to give her a list of things in a certain category. All are real except for one. She has to tell me what's real and what's not. And um, since this is still January, Sherry, I figured we would do another one about 2018 trends.
0: Bring it on! I'm pretty good at trends. I have now just jinxed myself and I will be terrible. <laughs>
1: well, I really like this list. It was from House, you know, H O U uh-huh. Z Z House, and they did not
0: Doctor House. <laughs>
1: no, not House the Doctor. <laughs> Uh, they did a list of interior design trends expected to take hold in 2018. And it was actually a pretty good list. I liked a lot of the things on there because they felt, um, forward thinking, you know, not things that I've already seen. And they were just telling me, yes, you've seen these. They were telling me things that...
0: You hadn't quite seen Crest yet.
1: Yeah. And some things I didn't even really ever think about. So there was a lot on the list. I'm just going to give five that are about kitchens. Okay. So these are five kitchen trends expected to take hold in 2018, one is fake. Okay. Number one, dedicated baking or chopping stations.
0: I believe that. You know how Tiffany Thiessen had that wood cutting block on the end of her island? Oh, I yeah. still think about how cool that was. It was like all thick marble and then a big chopping block on the end. So yes, I agree with A.
1: And if you guys are new listeners and didn't catch the fact that we got to interview Tiffany Thiessen in one of our first episodes, as in Kelly Kapowski from Save by the Bell.
0: Yeah, we were starstruck.
1: I think it's episode... Four, maybe? I'll put a link in the show notes. It's I, early. I don't remember all those ones way back when. Okay, anyways, uh, number two, dining tables in the kitchen.
0: I mean, I believe in that. We did that in the beach house. I've actually been seeing a ton of that. A lot of them are a round table, more like cafe seating. They're not banquets anymore. They're like a round table with cute chairs around it. So uh, yes, I believe in number two also.
1: Number three, wallpaper-like tile backsplashes.
0: Oh, heck yeah. I mean, there's the explosion of printed tiles and sacks is doing a whole bunch of that stuff. This is going to be hard because I agree with all three of these so far.
1: Number four, two-toned kitchen cabinets.
0: I mean, that's been going for a while. I could see that being your bogey because they think that's out. I still believe in it, though. Like, I love, a, I think I mentioned last week, sage greens really in, lower cabinets and sage, upper cabinets being white or a white shelf. So that might be the faker. Keep going.
1: Last one, no more white or stainless sinks.
0: Okay. I do believe that we're moving that way. White scratches and not everyone loves stainless because it shows all the water droplets. I've seen beautiful stone sinks. I just don't think you'd say no more. Like a gorgeous thick marble sink is beautiful but I can't imagine everyone making that choice. It feels very specific. That would include those big white enamel sinks that like Kohler does so beautifully. And I can't imagine someone saying that's going away either. I also am reflecting back on pattern tile, and I'm thinking that that could be what they think is has crested and is over, because you've clearly seen that before. We've all seen that. That's been on outdoor spaces like patios. Emily Henderson did that really cool patio with the pattern in it. Oh, Joy has a really cool collection. Is it with clay? Mm -hmm. So now it's between three and four for me.
1: Just so you guys know, listening, whatever you hear in this episode, there's probably 10 additional minutes of Sherry debating that I cut out. (laughs) Because this was the thinker for her.
0: Because I love trends. And I also think people listen to this not to get to the answer right away, but to like hear reasoning. Oh, Do you I'm... give up? No. I'm going to say two-tone cabinets.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, after all that work, she's right.
0: <laughs> True joy in my weird mouth sounds. <laughs> That was very like, if you guys watch Atlanta Housewives, that was me being Sheree. Sheree witnessed some gossip and she was all, (laughs) (laughs) That's apparently what I do when I win a quiz.
1: So yeah, two-tone kitchen cabinets was a trend from their 2016 list, not their 2018 list. So this year they're saying what's trending in kitchens is more color in kitchens overall. They said white is still a classic palette, but they're seeing people move past it A little bit more. And so they're seeing a lot of bolder colors in cabinetry.
0: Yeah, I'll say that I've been seeing a lot of like the grayish color everywhere. The trim, the cabinetry. If there's a shelf, it's also grayish. You guys know I'm saying gray beige, right? Grayish. Or sage or even navy, but not a real blue navy, a more muted gray navy. I think people are choosing these grayed out tones and they're doing them everywhere, including the trim. And it has sort of this old world high end feel. I just think I worry that it might be something you tire of faster. You know, I know we're all fatigued on the white kitchen, but I still love a white kitchen. And I don't know if I'd put all my eggs in the basket of like the trim and everything around it is going to be this shade of greeny tan.
1: Right. They say white kitchens aren't even close to going away. But expect to see a rising color for kitchen, especially with other neutrals like gray and blue, plus warm wood tones. And I wanted to clarify on the dedicated baking and chopping stations, because yes, I thought of the same thing, the Tiffany Thiessen one, when I I read this. They're saying these are basically a part of your counters that are stepped down, because when you chop or cut, you often bend over a little bit more, so they need to be lower than a traditional countertop. And there's a good example of it in their article. So I'll link to that in the show notes so you guys can see it. But it was such an interesting idea that you don't see very often that it would be fascinating to see that take hold a bit more.
0: It's like a station. I totally get the idea. I've seen people who do like a marble block somewhere in their kitchen because they're bakers and they want to roll out their dough right on the marble because I guess that's really... I don't bake. I don't know why marble's better than anything else. It's good for the flour. I have no idea. But I think it's cool to have any sort of station. In the Beach House, we created a station for all the cups, my tea, and the instant coffee stuff all in one spot. So to get the mug and grab the tea in the same spot right near the kettle, I love the idea of a station because you go in one place instead of walking to like five different places to gather things throughout the kitchen.
1: So I will put a link in the show notes to this whole list so you can check them all out. Again, this is from com. And there's plenty in there. So there's lots more beyond just these kitchen ones. Again, that'll all be in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. And next up, we are going to answer a listener question that comes to us by voicemail.
0: Hey guys, it's Casey from Tennessee. How do you know when the right time to sell your house is? We have almost been in our house for two years and it's small and we have two small kids and it's inevitable that we're going to outgrow it. But we've not outgrown it yet, but the market's hot to sell now. So we don't know if we should go ahead and sell and make a little money or enjoy our house for a little longer till we need more space. Thank you so much. Love the podcast.
1: So I know the obvious way to answer this question would be to talk about market trends and like when it's a buyer's market or a seller's market or when prices are up or down. But I'm not a real estate expert. Neither is Sherry.
0: But I have a strong opinion, guys. If you're buying and selling, right? You have to sell it and then you have to buy something else. To me, the market goes up and down and you either win on one side or you win on the other. If prices are low, you make less when you sell your house, but you also buy the new house low. If they're high, you make a lot when you sell your house, but then guess what? You're buying high. So I feel like it's either a buyer's market or a seller's market, but if you are selling and buying, you get the benefit of one market.
1: Yeah, unless you're like moving cities or you're downsizing or something where there might be a change in price. So Sherry and I are actually going to answer this in a different way because yes, there are probably financial gains if you cut it one way versus another, but I think For Casey and others in her situation, the way to answer this question is when you find the right thing to move to.
0: Right. I think it's much more about finding the next right house for yourself than deciding the time is up on the current house and hopping out of that without planning where you're going
1: next. Right. Because that's sort of what we did when we bought our second house. Like when we compare the experience of buying our second house versus buying our third house, the one that we live in right now, they felt very different because... In our second house, we started from the decision of we need to get out of our current place. Our first house was feeling very small. We had just had our daughter. I had just started working from home. And suddenly, like, we didn't have room for guests. And we were all sharing one bathroom. And we were in this 1,300-square-foot ranch all together. And so we very quickly felt the pressure to get out of that house and find a new place. And so when we made that decision to leave, it was getting into the fall, which is kind of the end of the real estate season for the year. In our area and most areas, as I understand, like spring and fall are like the hot times to sell and buy. That's when inventory is the highest, when you have the most options. But once you get into the wintertime, not as many people are putting their houses for sale. And so you have less to pick from. And we didn't want to wait so long that we were trying to sell or buy in that sparse market. So I feel like we found ourselves in this kind of pressured situation where we wanted to sell our house, but we really didn't give ourselves enough time to shop around and find the perfect place to go to. I think we've talked before about on this podcast how we really loved our second house, but in retrospect, there were a lot of things that didn't make it a great fit long-term. And so we feel like we probably ended up having to settle a little bit.
0: The way I look back on it, it wasn't that we didn't look at enough houses. We literally looked at every single house we could. We just said, okay, we looked at a ton of them. We should just pick one. Instead of what I would tell my past self, like, dear little Sherry, I'd put my hand on her shoulder. Maybe I'd rest it on her cheek. (laughs) And
1: then she'd be like, get away from me, creepy. future sherry
0: (laughs) i would say honey just look until you find the right one don't say i've looked at 50 i'll just pick one like it wasn't a terrible decision and we actually made money selling that house like was good for us and we learned from it and i wouldn't take it away from our past it just felt like a distinctly different experience than finding our current house
1: and i think that was because we put ourselves in a position of not leaving our second house till we knew where we were going we, a couple years into living in that house, knew that it was not going to be our forever place. And so we just kind of kept our feelers out. You know, we knew a couple neighborhoods we were interested in moving to. And we just like, looked for things popping up for sale. It was a very casual sort of drawn out process.
0: Yeah, it was the exact opposite of a desperate show me everything process. Like there was nothing desperate about it. And we did not have a ticking clock. We said we are going to look at things. If it's six months before we expect to sell, but we find the right thing, we'll grab it. If it's not until a year from now that we find the right thing, we'll wait the year. Like we were going into this from a very, we're not going to settle point of view.
1: Right. I was like, if I'm going to move again, I'm going to move to the place that I'm going to stay for a long time because I hate moving. (laughs) Right.
0: We really, we do hate moving. And people even today are like, aren't you getting tired of that house? Don't you want to fix another one up? I know you guys, wink, wink, you love a project. And I'm like, dude, I'm here maybe till retirement.
1: Right. And if anything, we probably by finding this house to move to left our second house sooner than we meant to. Like we could have stayed there happily for a few more years, but we found the place that we knew was going to be right long term. And that was the catalyst to make us move from that second house. So I think our advice to Casey would be if she knows the house that she's in is not going to serve her long term, start looking now, start keeping your eyes open to see what you want, what fits your price range, what neighborhoods are a good fit, and take your time. Like Give yourself as much time as you can stand in your current house to make sure that the place that you find is going to be the right fit moving forward.
0: Right. So if anything about the process feels like you're just going through the motions or it's like the smart thing on paper for you to do, I'll warn you that that house might be a house you outgrow again because it didn't entice you and capture your heart in such a dramatic way that you might outgrow that or decide it's not the right location. You know, we've talked about this in other podcasts and we'll put a link in the show notes to one where we talked about why we know this is our forever house. And a lot of it has to do with the community and the schools and the neighborhood and just like, finally having it be where we want it to be because one thing you can't change about a house is its location. As beautiful as a house is, you can't move it and put it somewhere else near all the places you like to go, near the school you love. You get the community and the neighborhood and the location with the house. So I would encourage that if you're looking for something and you want it to give you that wow feeling, make sure you consider things you can't change. Not only layout and paint colors, but like location, proximity, how your drive to work is going to be, like day-to-day stuff.
1: Right. And the other great thing about Casey starting the looking process right now is going through the process of looking might just reaffirm that the house they're in is better than they thought. You know, maybe they'll have the realization that they don't need to move or they don't need to move yet because there's nothing better out there at this point.
0: Yeah, I believe in that. I mean, how many houses have we looked at since we lived here just out of curiosity? And every single time we come home and we say, we love ours the most. Like, I think if you're where you love, you shouldn't be scared to go look at other houses that it might tempt you. Because I truly believe that if you love where you are, you're not going to be hypnotized by some other property that's going to steal you before you're ready. Like, when you're ready, you'll feel ready and you'll be excited to make the leap. And if anything about making the leap gives you pause or makes you feel like it might not be right or that you're settling, I would say hold up don't jump yet
1: plus casey you're in a great position if you've got young kids before school because there are plenty of us out there who have other parameters that force when we look for a new house like having to move like after the school year or people who get switched for jobs and therefore don't have any control over when they move you're in a great position right now if like the decision is to when to go is all up to you so take your time
0: so if any of you guys out there have a question you want us to tackle on the podcast just give us a call and we'll try to answer it the number is
1: sherry never remembers so i'm going to say it <laughs> It's 5714 <laughs> Y H L H A P.
0: Seems so simple, but it is. It doesn't stay in my head.
1: <laughs> well, we're gonna wrap things up with we're digging, but first we're gonna take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Agility Bed, which unlike most mail order mattresses that are all foam, this one is a hybrid mattress, meaning it combines the comfort of premium foams with supportive and super responsive micro coils.
0: I know it sounds so sci-fi. We'll be the first to admit that it's kind of odd that we're mentioning a mattress in a box company after we sent back the mail order mattress that we tried out last year. But you might remember that we blogged about how that one was way too soft. Well, the type of mattress that we got instead was, you guessed it, a hybrid mattress, much like the ones Agility makes.
1: But how do you know if you need to replace your mattress? Well, here's what Anna at Agility told us.
0: You can usually tell when you need a new mattress because
1: you will notice that you're just not sleeping as well. You're tossing and turning a lot at night. I think the mistake that people make a lot of times is they think, well, I'm really stressed out or I was sick recently. You know, the kids keep waking me up. If settling down to sleep is not as simple as laying down, you have the wrong bed. So if you don't want to spend 2018 sleeping on the wrong bed, check out the Agility Bed mattress at agilitybed.com, and you can sleep on it for 100 nights completely risk-free. Plus, if you enter code YHL150, you'll get $150 off at checkout. Again, that's agilitybed.com. This week, I'm digging something that you guys may have seen on Insta Stories relatively recently from us, but I wanted to give you a little bit of the backstory. Guys, we got a new TV, and I love it.
0: It's very flat. It's almost shockingly flat. And I was like, what is this, going to be a million dollars? And it was like... 400.
1: Yeah, it was not that expensive. Let me give the backstory on it. So um, the reason we got a new TV here is because we needed a TV at the beach house. This kind of ties back to our opening discussion about putting things at the beach house that were not super precious. Right. So rather than get the new TV for the beach house, we just decided to pass along our old TV to the beach house and get a new one here.
0: Right. It's like the couch. We knew it was vetted and it would work. We loved our slipcovered Carlstad couch from Ikea. We brought it to the beach knowing it would work and stand up to use. That TV was very dutiful. It worked well.
1: It was in a romantic relationship with the couch. They wanted to be together. (laughs) We're basically recreating our home living room at the Beach House slowly.
0: (laughs) Very slowly. So
1: anyways, the thing I really like about the new TV and why I wanted to recommend it to you all is that it is a Roku TV. You may remember from when we talked about cutting the cord back in the summer that we got rid of our cable and switched over to using a Roku box to stream all of our Netflix and PlayStation View and yada, yada, yada stuff. So when it came time to buy the new TV, I realized you can buy TVs with the Roku built into it so you don't have to have this box anymore. Meaning I could also give the Roku box to the beach house as well.
0: Right. The Roku box is at the beach. And then our current living room got kind of an upgrade because we got the new skinny. Why is this so much skinnier? I
1: don't think it's that much skinnier. It It is
0: so much skinnier.
1: It's just because we mounted on the wall. We took this opportunity when we got the bigger TV to finally put it on the wall like we had done up in our bonus room. We figured it's about time we do it down here and make the whole room look a little bit cleaner by having the TV mounted on the wall. So we did the exact same thing we did in the bonus room. I'll put the link in the show notes uh, for that. Blog post because if you guys want to figure out how to have a completely cord free TV wall in your house.
0: Right. It even teaches you if you have a cable box, how to hide the cable box because at the point of that post, we had a cable box. So we explained how to hide your cable box, how to put the wires in the wall. So you don't have like a TV on the wall and then an ugly mess of wires coming down the wall. They're missing. You don't see them at all.
1: And I will say, I was tempted to not do that in wall cord thing when we mounted this because it was only one cord. It was just the power cord because, again, the Roku is all built into the television television you could still plug in a cable box if you still were using your cable to watch tv right
0: you're not forced to use it as a smart tv but it's probably a good upgrade if you're getting a new tv because i feel like it's like getting a car with bluetooth it's like where everything's going
1: right i thought it was some like fringe tv that i just found but then i saw that it was given away on the ellen show so i figured that's vouched for somehow it's very nice. We've been very happy with it. And again, it wasn't that expensive, like $350, $400. I forget.
0: Yeah, it goes on sale all the time. I think it's supposed to be sold for 550 but it's often marked down from that price, which is really nice. And... It's at a multitude of places, which also makes me feel good because someone said, how did you feel buying an off-brand TV? And I was like, is it off-brand? Because I've seen it at like every store.
1: The brand is TCL, which I will admit I hadn't really heard of before. So I don't know if that's off-brand or on-brand or I'm just out of the loop. But I'll put a link to it in the show notes at younghouselovecom slash podcast. If you guys are in the market for a new smart TV, if you are cutting the cable or want to have fewer boxes around, I think it's a great option.
0: And speaking of TV stuff, I thought I would dig something TV related as well.
1: Something you could watch on your new tv
0: exactly it is a series that actually katie bauer from bauer power texted me and said are you watching the sinner and i was like oh from the name of this it sounds like something we would like because john and i love a drama
1: we love sin guys
0: (laughs) no we just don't like like we can't really stick to a happy show i think we've talked about this we're bored by like a cute sitcom that's very happy all the time for the good place we love the good place because it has a story that carries through, and yes. you want to know what happens. Yes. So the sinner, upon hearing it, I was like, "What is that?" And then she said, "It has Jessica Alba in it," and I was like, "No,
1: it has Jessica Biel in it."
0: Oh, sorry, I confused the Jessicas. But either way, I was like, "Oh, I'm out." Is this very judgy of me? Uh, yes. I'm is. sorry. Uh, it's not that I don't care about them. They're not my among my favorite actors.
1: It's not like someone said it's starring Rose Byrne, which Sherry would have been <gasps> all in on. She's my
0: favorite. If you guys have seen Spy, she is so funny in Spy.
1: Sherry is so excited for the Peter Rabbit movie, guys. <laughs> because
0: she's in it. Anything with Rose and I'm like and I need tickets to go to the movies for that
1: anyways back to the center
0: back to the center I thought oh with a character like that playing the lead it surely is not going to be dramatic and crazy it's more going to be like a nice fluffy romantic comedy and she was like you will not even stop you will binge it it's amazing and I was like what channel is it on and she said USA and then she almost lost me again
1: You're like, what channel? I
0: was like, I don't even think we have that on our Roku. But three of the first episodes were on there for free. So actually one night at the Beach House, we decided to start the binge. And you guys, ignore that it's on USA. Ignore that there's one of the two Jessicas in it. Because it is amazing. I will not give away anything that's not in the trailer. Yeah, I'm trying
1: to figure out how to say what this is without giving away too much. In
0: the trailer, they reveal that she murders someone who's a perfect stranger on the beach. Yes. And you have to know why... Like, why? The cops are like, why would you murder a perfect stranger? You're like a mother. Her son's there. Her husband's there. She
1: has just like a psychotic break, or I don't know what you would call it, where they're out for this like family day at the beach. And then next thing you know, she is um, attacking this gentleman. And so the entire series, it's eight episodes. And like Sherry said, I think the first three are free on the USA app or on-demand station. And then we had to buy the other five on Amazon. But it's only like two or three bucks per episode. So it wasn't that bad. We
0: were in, guys. Yeah. I would have paid $100. And man, I was in. <laughs> she was
1: great in it, too. She
0: was. I take back everything I say, probably about the other Jessica, too. They're probably both fantastic. But it was well acted. It never took me out of the drama, if that makes sense. Like, there weren't moments where I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, most of it was very steeped in reality. And it had one of those plots where you believe you know where it's going and then it turns and you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming and then you think you know where it's going and then it turns again. And
1: for someone like Sherry who believes she can predict every twist and turn, the fact that she did not guess any of it. Guys,
0: I predicted all of Coco. Like, all of it. I yeah. loved that movie. The
1: murder mystery that was Coco. <laughs>
0: I loved Coco but I immediately was like, this character is this, this is going on, this is this has to do with this in his past and I was on to that movie but I predicted nothing from The Sinner. I will warn you guys, it is very, very dark. If you can't read Gone Girl or books like that or shows that are very very dark you will not like this.
1: It certainly is a series that you know weeks after we finish it I keep going back and thinking about because it was so intense and so well put together.
0: Yes so if you're into the Gone Girl like darkness and murdery stuff it's kind of like if you guys read A Kind Worth Killing that we recommended a while back and you love that you will love The Sinner. It is basically the same type of dark drama.
1: But I would say if Coco is your limit <laughs> then I would skip The Sinner.
0: Thanks for listening to Young House Love has a podcast.
1: And guys, do you remember last week how there was someone who listened to the podcast in Antarctica? We got another one, another Antarctica listen.
0: (laughs) Amanda on Twitter who listened while running laps on a cruise ship in Antarctica. We're really big in Antarctica. (laughs) Right.
1: But you know, as much as we love hearing what you guys do while you listen, we would also love if you told someone else, like a friend or a family member, you know, how do you fit podcasts in your life? Is it while you're cooking or cleaning, running errands, whatever. There's so many people out there who still feel like they are too busy for podcasts.
0: Exactly. The best thing about podcasts is you can multitask while you listen to them. So spread the word for us.
1: And don't forget to check out younghouselove.com slash podcast for the bonus links photos and info from this episode like that blog post about how we made that cord-free tv wall
0: and a look at those 2018 kitchen trends from house later bye
1: you guys will have to forgive me if i'm a little bit panty at the beginning of this panty. Episode. Yes. You're,
0: you're not allowed to say the word panty sorry i mean it <laughs> cut that <laughs> i meant out of breath panting <laughs>